Hey everybody, I wanted to take a minute to record a quick intro this week. Uh, Unfortunately, this week Jeremy had COVID, so we had to record the episode remotely and... The results are mostly pretty good, but uh, especially early on in the show, in the first segment, my audio got a bit garbled for about a minute or so, but if you can get past that, uh, the rest of the recording's not so bad. But uh, we intend to record in person for next week, and uh, we'll have something a little less technically messy. But sit back and enjoy. We've got a good episode this week. Leave us, Wanda. We'll miss you. Just because New York's kind of a big place, please don't forget us. Oh, I won't, Janie. Good luck. Thank you. We'll take good care of your company. Okay, Janie. Bye, Wanda. Bye. 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 Good luck. Bye. Bye. Oh, Craig. Oh, yeah, our new producer, Craig. (laughs) Thanks, Craig, for recording us. Yeah, he doesn't edit the show. He just records it. Yeah, unfortunately, I still have to edit it because Craig is a lazy ass. Sounds okay, right, so far? Okay enough. Okay. I know sometimes when I listen to a podcast and they have to record across Zoom, the voice does that weird like distorted wave thing where it sounds like they're flying away yeah uh so far uh your voice did it for like a half a second a little bit ago but Um, mostly it's okay listeners to know that i'm okay i'm not flying away i'm sitting firmly in a um a camping chair that i unfolded in my room (laughs) <laughs> excellent well, COVID, this week i got covid this week the cia gave me covid yeah you should uh tell the listeners about that i just did oh okay the cia gave me covid because i blew the the cover on the whole havana syndrome thing oh uh... yeah that was me well That'll do it. That'll get the CIA on your case. Yeah, they thought they had come up with some cool new disease they could give everybody. Uh, But I was like, it's not a disease. They don't have a gun that will give you a disease. Cuba doesn't have that. And (laughs) that just, that blew the whole thing wide. I just said that. I'm like, they're... (laughs) And um, later that day, I was eating a a Niswa salad. Oh, that's a type of salad. It's French. Um, and I Fancy. was eating it and a, a, a bit um, a sardine. It was COVID laced. And then I had, <laughs> and then I had muscle aches and I was very tired for two days. <laughs> Farm recording from home. Yes. So, uh, Welcome to the Raincoat Report. It's Boss here with Digital Jeremy. 
well, I'm, I'm still real. You're digital. You're digital. Oh, we're going to have to figure this one out. <laughs> but yes, we are recording remotely this week because uh, Jeremy got the China virus. You did the thing where your voice sounded weird. You said it sounded like China virus, but I've been very clear it's a CIA virus. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I might have uh, pronounced that poorly. That's okay. But uh, yeah, the CIA virus got Jeremy, so I installed antivirus software on my computer, and now we are talking through the magic of the internet. Good, good. I'm glad you're taking precautions. It's like a mask for your <laughs> laptop. It's, yes, it's, a, it's an e-mask. Oh, wow. Is the government getting those out to everyone? Um, no, they're only giving it out to the biggest, uh, stock holders in the world, the, uh, oh. security groups. You got one. Uh, yeah. yes, because I'm the one person. I knew it. Oh, that's a revelation to me. <laughs> you live so modestly. Yeah. You know. Part of being a part of the 1% is keeping all of my assets in other countries so Uncle Sam can't get a percentage. And because of that, I lack uh, liquidity in my funds. If you have a liquidity crisis, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> That's what a crisis is. It is. <laughs> um, so this week, yes. I'm going to let Boss talk. <laughs> We're going to keep... Uh, running into each other as we talk with the slight delays here, but it's going to be all worth it in the end because today we're talking about a coup to take down the powerful in the world launched by yeah. one woman, Veronica Hart, uh, with the support of a couple of other supportive women to take yeah. down Wall Street in the 80s. Fuck yeah, that's... Yes, that's when it needed to be taken down, most of all. Unfortunately, as all of our listeners know, Wall Street is still a thing today, so she wasn't fully successful, but she no, did she, give him a good whipping. She took out that one company. She sure did. So, we are talking today about Wanda Whips Wall Street from 1982, directed by Larry Ravine. This is the first film directed by Larry Ravine that we discussed, but it's certainly not the first we've uh, discussed his work on the Raincoat Report. He's a, he's a show favorite. He is a very famous and uh, well-traveled cinematographer of both the hardcore porn industry and uh, the exploitation film industry. I've never looked at a picture of him. I'm going to look a picture of him up. <laughs> what do you think he looks like? Uh, I know what he Let's looks like. He... <laughs> the first thing that comes up is like an oil painting of him, and he kind of looked like a black Sonny Bono. But uh, <laughs> when I saw an actual picture of him, he's white. Uh, yes, and he's not super Bono. I guess he's got straights. Yeah, that was not. A, it's not a very good painting. I'm gonna say. <laughs> Well, you know, what kind of mind puts them to 
doing a painting of Larry Ravine. Genius. Yeah, I guess uh, so. I shouldn't disparage that. He just looks like a normal guy. He doesn't, uh, he's not bald. I was expecting bald. <laughs> not bald at all. Fool had a curly hair. But uh, he certainly knew how to shoot a fuck film, that's for sure. Oh, he sure did. Oh, how and, he shot him. <laughs> and uh, he was able to direct a few. I, I was looking at his IEB, and he hasn't directed a ton of films, but uh, this is one. And uh, he only got the job done. Yes, he did. So uh, so we've got a good cast characters here. I mentioned we have Veronica Hart, lead role of Wanda. She also has uh, a few helping her out. She has uh, Tish Ambrose, Janie Richmond, who is a uh, secretary. There's also Samantha Fox as Lisa Roger, who is a uh, Wall Street insider herself. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to scheme their way to the top without a little bit of uh, obstacles along the way, and that would include Jamie Gillis as Lou Perini and Ron Jeremy as Ed Drummond, who are investigating some irregularities in the stock market. Yes, they, they go deep undercover to uh, break the case. Yes, they go balls deep undercover, even. Yeah, undercover at all. Everybody knows who they are. They go deep. <laughs> They do go deep. (laughs) We'll go ahead and uh, take a quick break here, and then we'll dive in balls deep ourselves into Wanda Whip Street. Balls first. Getting whipped. So can tame you though you say you few have tried And many girls have shown you love and you push them on the side No one really knows you They call you Smith by name No one really understands that money is your game Is anyone truly sure about where you've come here from? Lost the entire episode. Yeah, so let's just record it all again. This time, though, I, yeah. I'm not going to fuck up, at least not the same way that I just did. I know what I did wrong. You hit a big red button labeled delete? Uh, Yes. Well, that should be easy to avoid in the future. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's take a moment to talk about Wanda Whips Wall Street again. <laughs> All right, so the film opens with Wanda leaving her job at Wanco, the company that she owned, uh, probably short for Wanda's company. Yeah, I think so. Uh, She's leaving Altoona and heading to New York. So her coworkers say that they'll miss her as she drives away, and uh, we see her heading into New York. Yeah, we get... we're uh, greeted with the wonderful news that Mr. Larry Ravine is directing and editing this film. We are. 
and uh, all the credits play over uh, some aerial shots of the Statue of Liberty, some shots of Wall Street, all that good stuff. It sounds like a Alan Two composition, uh, the big one. Oh but yeah, not quite. It, it, it might be. I didn't look to see who did the music, but that's a possibility. Uh, speaking of sounds, while we were fucking around, I found out that Ravine did the sound on Zombie Five, Killing Birds. Oh. So he did the. So I haven't seen that, but if the sound works good or bad, it's up to him. I recall it being fine. <laughs> zombie five certainly is no zombie two. That's for sure. But it's a fun little movie. They're killing birds. I feel like those are kind of. Every synopsis of it mentioned many birds, which disappointed me. Yeah, there's not any important bird. Any happening in that movie. It's most violence. it's more That's zombie just... than bird. Well, all right. So lead us on to take us to Wall Street. <laughs> well, we join Tyler Securities on Wall Street, where Mr. Winston is interviewing Wanda. She apparently did well in her interview, but he asked her why she left Altoona to come there. She says that making it in Altoona is different than making it in New York, and she's ready for the new challenge. She asks why the last human services head left, and he says she wasn't putting out. I mean, she wasn't putting out the results that we want. Wanda gets the hint and starts to undress, and uh, Mr. Winston leans in and starts to munch on her tits. They move to the couch. <laughs> and uh, he starts talking about the benefits and chunks as he's kissing his way down her body and goes down on her. She says, make love to me, and they start making out, and he finishes undressing. She blows him a bit, and then he mounts her on the couch. He asks her if she wants to start on Monday, and before she can answer, he comes on her pubes, and she says, yeah. Yeah, we then get introduced to Wanda's lawyer, Art, who uh, yeah, she's oh, scheming with. Yeah, just a fat old man. Just a fat old sleazy lawyer. It's one of my yeah. favorite uh, one of my favorite cinema like, like archetypes. Apparently, the way that Wanda got control of Wanco was uh, she stole it by acquiring stock, and she's going to do the same thing with Tyler Securities, too. She then starts her job at Tyler Securities, and she's being led around by Mr. Winston, who introduces her to the secretary and the partners, and finally, Mr. Tyler himself, who has a sweet green monochrome computer on his desk. Yes, much like the kind featured in uh, Frankie and Johnny Were Lovers and uh, other films of the mid-70s to, mid to uh, late-80s. Unfortunately, this computer doesn't talk about tits like the one in Frankie and Johnny Were Lovers. No, that would be almost asking too much of a film that's already got a lot going for it. <laughs> when she talks to Mr. Tyler, she compliments him on being handsome and everything. And we get a montage of 
Wanda going through her first day of work and everybody finally leaves at the end of the day. And then we see Wanda, who stayed behind, going through a desk. And uh, she apparently finds some paperwork that she talks to her lawyer on the phone about. And uh, then we cut to her with a gentleman named Lester Fryman. They uh, enter the doorway to an apartment or hotel room or something. And apparently they were just out to dinner. Yeah, we learn he's from the Cleveland branch. He is from the Cleveland branch. Uh, and normally she says that she wouldn't go out with coworkers, but she decided to do so because he was from the Cleveland branch. That goes back to want to shit where you eat, which is what I practice and what Wanda practices, uh, at least in what she says. Yeah, I'm not so sure that her actions speak to that. But uh, for now, it's enough for her to blow uh, Lester. Excellent. So she blows him for a minute and strokes him and finally finishes him off. She asks Lester if he was married. And uh, then she says, well, your wife wouldn't want to hear that the new girl in New York was munching on your cock, would she? (laughs) He says, that's blackmail. And she says, nothing but... So we see what her scheme is. Yeah, she's uh, she's running a honeypot on him. She's going to fuck him and blackmail him and get the money. We've seen this before in The Sorcerer. It didn't go well for her, but uh, I think Wanda's a little more savvy. That's right. I didn't think about The Sorceress. You're right. Yeah, it's because they abandoned it about like three quarters through to just have her get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) we cut to another woman walking the streets this is Janie played by Tish Ambrose she drops her luggage in the street like a klutz we then cut to Wanda who once again is hiding as everybody leaves for the day and then starts to snoop around in a desk as she's snooping around she's looking down the hallway and sees some shadows and stops, but emerging from the shadows was Janie, the woman that we saw on the streets just moments ago. She explains that the guy that Wanda hired to take over Wanco was a real asshole, so she came to New York and wants to be Wanda's secretary. Wanda explains to her that what she's doing is dangerous and the both of them could go to jail, but Janie's down. So we cut to the next day, and Janie is now working as Wanda's secretary, and Wanda sends her off to do something. And we quickly see what it is when we cut to a naked ass on a glass desk. Yes. Uh, this is a great series of shots that you don't get to see too often under the the, the body. So uh, it's good. I think like uh, you said the first time around, having a cinematographer for director probably helps that kind of thing. Yeah, he's got kind of an eye for where they should be going to cut this thing together. And he was right. Some good uh, creative shooting here. Some good big mash ass and titties. Indeed. The guy (laughs) leans in and starts to go down on Janie. And uh, then we see him lean her over the desk and he eats her out from behind. 
We see some doggy sex with some underneath shots, not through the desk, but, you know, from a similar perspective. But we do see her boobs mashed against the glass as he's fucking her. And after a bit, he pulls out and comes on her ass. Yes. He says, that'll be all for today. And then Janie says, you're a married man, aren't you, Mr. Wentworth? And you control a significant portion of Tyler's stock. She pulls the blackmail card and hands him a paper. But he responds, you can just return to your office. And he explains that, in fact, he and his wife are swingers. They shack up at Plato's all the time. Referring to, of course, the 70s uh, staple of New York, Plato's Retreat. Yeah, that's where you go to sell your old clothes that you don't want anymore. <laughs> that might be a different Plato's. Oh, yeah. We cut to a board meeting, and Mr. Tyler notes that they're losing ownership of the company and their stock's slipping away. And they can't figure out who's doing it. So they're bringing in a private investigator. Uh, Only Lou Perini can handle this. He also mentions that whoever's doing it might be somebody within the company. Uh, As this is going down, one of the guys at the table, uh, Mr. Margolis, has a heart attack and collapses. We then cut to a boat where we get introduced to Lou Perini, played by Jamie Gillis, and Ed Drummond, played by Ron Jeremy. Jamie Gillis, uh, Lou Perini, rather, is with an unnamed-in-the-script woman played by Chantel Duclos, and Ed Drummond, Ron Jeremy's character, is with another unnamed woman, but this one is Lisa B., which I believe you pointed out was his wife in Scoundrels. Yes. Um, So after this film, they got married and he got an unsatisfying job as a therapist. That's (laughs) canon. So we see both Lou and Ed fucking their uh, respective partners here. There's this weird poppy song playing with funky guitar and kind of bubblegum lyrics. So they keep going at it, and the captain then tells them that they're going to be docking in 10 minutes. So Ed goes and gets Lou. They both stop doing what they were doing. We cut from that to an older woman crying. This is Mr. Margolis's wife, who says her husband just had his sixth heart attack, which seems like a lot. It seems to be too many. I think most hearts would quit on the third or fourth one. Even with today's uh, advance. Uh, 1982 that seems pretty good i think uh like my grandpa died of a heart attack at like 52 in like 1989 or something so i don't know how this guy i guess when you're a wall street executive you can you get better care uh this movie's highlighting a lot of uh disparities <laughs> maybe the truest porn film that's ever existed <laughs> it is Wanda shows up, and ever the opportunist, she explains that she is doing his estate planning and must see Mr. Margolis. So she enters his room, and he's clearly out of it and uh, talking in non sequiturs. But she hands him a paper and tells him to sign it. He's had a stroke. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. 
He says he wants to go see the Giants with her, and he happily signs the paper after she promises to go get the tickets. We see Mr. Tyler and Mr. Winston meeting with Perini and Drummond. Uh, Tyler walks by Mr. Margolis's office and points at the name and says they'll have to change that and mention that Mr. Margolis just died. Um, so yeah, between uh, Wanda pulling her thing and now, he has expired. Yeah, he died quick. Um, it didn't seem like he had long for this world. Yeah, that's true. Lou and Ed, in the meantime, as they're doing their investigation, are going to get Mr. Margolis's office. Wanda introduces herself to Lou. We then see Wanda show up at the stock exchange. Of course, she's not credentialed to get into there, so instead she runs into a dude who was outside the security checkpoint, says that she's been looking for a guy like him and flirts with him and sneaks off into a utility closet with him. She starts undressing and undresses him. She tells him to close his eyes, and then she starts to dress in his clothes, and she takes a security pass with her and leaves him in there and locks him into the uh, utility closet. He then opens his eyes in the room to find himself alone and without his clothes. Meanwhile, on the exchange floor, Wanda wanders around a bit, but she also meets Lisa Rogers, played by Samantha Fox, who she uh, buys a bunch of Tyler stock from. We then see uh, the guy that she (laughs) stole all uh, the clothes from, Murray, knocking on the door and being let out of the security or the uh, utility closet, and he's all angry. Yeah, he's not pleased. Not at all. Back in Tyler's board meeting, he's losing his mind about all of this. He says, my empire for a Valium. And Wanda feeds him a pill. (laughs) We then see Wanda and Lou in a carriage. He says it's nice to be out of the office, but he can't stop thinking about the case. She keeps trying to distract him, and they kiss. Wanda talking to her lawyer, and uh, he mentions that she should hustle and go after his outside shareholders. So we go to a party, and Wanda, Janie, and Lisa are together, all working together to get these stocks. So uh, they go off and do some fucking to get some more stocks. Janie is with this guy named Biff, who abandons his girlfriend to go fuck her. Lisa takes off with George Payne who tells her that he wanted some nookie and uh, even Biff's girlfriend gets some action here from this guy in sunglasses who demands he gets his cock sucked yeah I wasn't sure who that was at first she's not blackmailing anyone right no she's just fucking she's just fucking for the love of the sport (laughs) yeah the love of the game So uh, all this fucking goes on. Um, Of note, Sharon Mitchell starts to fool around with uh, Janie and Biff in their room. And uh, George Payne does some, you know, solid George Payne work here. Yeah, he Uh, brings the pain, as he always says. (laughs) Yes, he does. 
after Janie finishes off Biff, she says that she wants 15,000 shares of Tyler's stock from him, but he insists that that has to be worth 50,000 shares. Uh, Lisa hands George Payne a contract to sign after they finish as well. Uh, and with Judy and the sunglasses guy, uh, the sunglasses guy finishes and leaves and Judy is unsatisfied, unfortunately. The girls get back together and share that they've uh, gotten a bunch more stock. And then Wanda's introduced to Mitch, who owns 10% of the company. Mitch is totally trash, but Janie says screw it and runs off with him, clearly to try to secure his uh, stocks as well. Yeah, you can't stop hustling. Back at work, uh, Wanda and Janie are talking. Uh, Wanda's dictating some letter about how somebody else's shitty tone was inappropriate, even in writing. Um, then Wanda and Janie talk about Alan Anderson. He's a guy who's been with the company for 23 years, and they need his 100,000 shares. But she notes he's clean and faithful to his wife, so they're going to have to take another method. And they do. We cut to Mr. Anderson's house, and he's in bed with his wife watching TV. There's an interview with a Mr. Gunther, who's a con artist, which I thought was interesting. But uh, it was hard to really track that conversation very much. We see Wanda and Janie sneaking around outside his house, and they end up making their way in. Mr. Anderson and his wife are fooling around doing a little foreplay. He's rubbing and kissing her feet. As the girls are sneaking around the house, they knock some stuff over, and Mr. Anderson asks, what is that? And his wife uh, pulls his attention back to him. Uh, Mr. Anderson's got a huge record collection, which is pretty sweet, but uh, behind some shit in that room, they find a safe. Yeah, they've got little masks on, like little uh, burglar raccoons. Yes, they do. We cut to Mr. Anderson and then back to the girls, and they've got the safe open now somehow. They're excited and make a bit too much noise, and Mr. Anderson hears them and runs out of his room. They run away and end up just ahead of them and are able to speed off in their car without being seen too well. But on the way out, they run over his mailbox, a lamp, and a fire hydrant. Yeah, lady drivers, huh? You know? <laughs> I feel like every time I ride with your girlfriend, though, she, like, cuts a couple curbs, like, at least. Yeah, well, you know. That's just her. Yeah, that's just her. She's blind. Mr. Tyler in a board meeting talks about not being able to handle failure well, and he talks about all his credentials, but breaks down and cries. And as everybody's leaving, Lou confronts Wanda, calling her Mrs. Brant now. He says that her car was seen outside Mr. Anderson's house where his stocks were stolen. She tries to turn the conversation away and seduce him, but he's on to her. We then see Wanda's lawyer trying to make a bid for a million shares of Tyler's stock. We cut back to Wanda at work, who tells Janie that all they need to do is keep Lou at bay until Monday, because that's when that purchase will finalize. 
So we see Wanda and Janie walk into Lou's office, and Lou apologizes to Wanda, saying he found out that it wasn't her that's been buying all those stocks. It was the LaBelle Brothers firm out of Altoona. He kisses her cheek and apologizes, and uh, she apologizes back. She then invites him to disappear with her over the weekend. She knows a house in the country they can go to. He says he has to work on the case, and she tells him, well, nobody works on Friday anyway, although Janie interjects and says that they do, which is counterproductive. She's ride or die for Wanda, but she's not super smart, you know? That's yeah. okay. But uh, Wanda and Lou decide to go ahead and go out to the house in the country, and Ed agrees to cover for Lou, and Janie says that she'll keep Ed company. We then see Mr. Tyler on the phone with Ed, who's been left with the full responsibility of this giant case uh, on his own uh, in the last hours. Tyler's freaking out, saying this needs to be solved before Monday as he takes a big swig of vodka or some other clear liquor. It's a big gulp of alcohol. <laughs> yes. We see some people on the street. They're reading the paper. Uh, there's some panic that the fall of Tyler Securities could be the fall of the market in another depression. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Wanda Whips the U.S. economy this time. <laughs> yeah, she's going to wreck the whole thing. <laughs> we then see Wanda and Lou driving out to the country. Uh, the radio's on talking about Wall Street, and she turns it off. We cut to them on the waterfront, and they're enjoying their time together, and Wanda blows Lou a bit. They lay down in the grass, uh, lay a blanket down, and Wanda starts to blow him more. He then starts to lick and suck on her breasts and then goes down on her. He mounts her missionary and then rolls her sideways and really starts to lay the pipe in real good. He uh, seemingly finishes inside her. Aren't you glad you came, she says. Back to Ed in the office and Janie in the background. She tells him to relax as he's pacing and flipping through papers. He's trying to figure out who the LaBelle brothers are. And uh, he mentions it's Sunday, so they're running out of time. He then reads something on a paper and gets a name and calls them. Apparently he's calling whoever licensed the LaBelle brothers. He gets them on the phone, and as he's doing that, Janie pulls out her tits and tries to distract him, and then she starts to blow him as he's on the phone. I'm going to give Ron props here for being on the right side of a criminal investigation for once. <laughs> uh, for once, yes. <laughs> he finally gets told that it was Wanda in charge of uh, LaBelle Brothers. He yells at Janie, you double-crossed me, but she's still blowing him. He then tries to call Lou, but can't get through. He stands up and says he has to go, as he does his dicks flopping around because it was still out being sucked. Yeah. We cut to Lou and Janie in the car, and they're trying to find the house that Lou is at. She keeps trying to distract him, and she says, if she doesn't blow him now, she's gonna die. So they pull off into the trees, and she starts to blow him. He says he has to get to Lou, but after a minute, he says, all right, I've got to fuck you. So he gets down in front of her on the floorboard, 
which this car has quite spacious floorboards. Yeah, it's got a very nice, nice spacious uh, sedan. He gets down in front of her and uh, starts to go down on her. She says she shaved her lips just for him. (laughs) She tells him that they should stay there all night as he's going down on her. And then he starts to fuck her. Yeah, she's rubbing his big old donger there. He says, I should have done this much sooner. And he keeps fucking her and leans down and kisses her. And finally, he pulls out and comes on her pubes and stomach. We cut back to Lou, who's fucking Wanda doggy style inside. And he pulls out and comes on her ass. And then he repenetrates her and fucks her a bit more, kissing her back. We cut to Ed back on the road, and then Janie, trying to find more ways to delay him, says she's pregnant. Ed says, yeah, right. And then she says, with twins. (laughs) Back in the house, Lou and Wanda are pouring wine, and they hear a car pulling up. Lou looks to see who it is, and as he's distracted, Wanda drugs his drink. She hands the drink to Lou, and as he takes a drink, Ed comes in. And uh, he starts to talk, but just as he does, Lou collapses from being drugged. Ed asks what Wanda did to him, and she says the same thing we're going to do to you, just as Janie breaks a bottle over the back of Ed's head and he collapses. Wanda says, they'll be out until the morning, and then it'll be too late. Yeah, and she knows just how long it takes for a man to recover from a bottle attack because this isn't her first hostile takeover. Clearly it's not. not the first time she's had to first time she said to club a private investigator with a uh, J&B bottle. Right. We see Wanda and Janie drinking on the deck and celebrating and uh, they get too trash and fall asleep and we cut to daylight. Ed wakes up and he stirs Lou awake at this point that Ed finally gets to explain to Lou that Wanda was the executive behind the LaBelle brothers firm. Ed explains that if she's hightailed it back to the city, we're screwed, but they look and the women are asleep outside. So Lou has Ed write a paper. He dictates it to him. It's saying that Wanda is granting her power of attorney control of her investments to them. So then they sneak up to the girls who are asleep on the deck and he puts a pen in Wanda's hand and they move Wanda's hand around to sign the paper, which seems strange. <laughs> yeah, it seems like an, an, an unnecessary step in this case. Right. Just forgery, forgery is not better or worse if you're holding the person's hand. Right. If they're um. But I don't know, maybe there's some kind of legitimacy that confers it. Maybe the uh, the Securities Exchange Commission will accept this. <laughs> well, Lou seems to think so. He kisses her head, and as they're leaving, he says, That'll hold up. <laughs> um, Ed says, You know, I really like that Janie as they walk off screen. We cut to Perini Securities, which apparently over the course of like less than two hours has been rebranded including changing the signs yeah they had all that ready to go wait in the wings i think um he probably had all that made up a while ago and was just waiting for like the first investigation to break his way where he could use it right 
everybody at the firm is kissing Lou's ass. And uh, just as Lou is starting a meeting, we cut away from him and to Wanda, who's outside, and she wakes up. She notes that it's just past 10, so apparently all of that stuff that just happened happened between the time Ed and Lou woke up and 10 a.m. Um, the girls wake up and they're excited that Tyler is theirs now and they start to celebrate. Unknowingly, though, they've lost everything. We see an inset shot of their lawyer. He's talking to somebody and notes that Wanda messed up, um, but he's like, so what? He says neither of them thought to watch out for Perini, and he says he still has faith in her and notes that when she was a kid, she cornered the market on jawbreakers, and he said he knew from that point that she was a real ball breaker. He says, what's a lousy 100 million down the tubes? He mentions that includes 20 million in his commissions. The scene fades out in a smoke effect, and we get a coughing sound effect and credits. Yeah, he's dying. <laughs> he's, got, he's got one lung he needs to buy a new one and now he can't because she fucked up and didn't crash the economy yeah I guess the economy and that's it yeah and that's it so that was Wanda Whips Wall Street so we're gonna go ahead and take another break and make sure that this portion of the podcast didn't get deleted again and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts. We kind of did a speed run. Um, yeah, I think we got it. We did like a little, it only took like, that was like 30 minutes. If we have to do it again, we could probably do it in like 15. And next time I'll just uh, list the scenes and then we'll be done with it. <laughs> yeah, just list the scene chapters on the DVD menu. <laughs> the title chapters. Yes. All right, we'll be right back. Now recording. Did he clear his throat at the end that time? I think that was me. Okay. I thought Craig <laughs> did it. Craig has become self-aware and now has to clear his throat on occasion. Yeah, he feels like a little something at the back of it that he just has to, you know, to get up. <laughs> uh, all right, so we are back on the Raincoat Report. It looks like uh, the second time was a charm in recording that second segment here, so we made it through it. And now it's time to talk right. about our uh, reviews. So, Jeremy, you want to do the honors and get us started on Wanda Whips Wall Street? Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Yes, now I'm ready. Uh, I love this movie. I thought it was exceptional. Uh, I thought 
It had an excellent cast of some of the best people of the late seventies and early eighties. Uh-huh. You got, uh, you got Veronica Hart. You got Jamie Gillis as the leads, which is just great casting. Yeah. Two of the, uh, two of the best who ever did it. You got Samantha Fox. Uh, oh, sorry. Who played Janie? My brain. Uh, Tish, Tish Ambrose. Tish Ambrose. Yeah, Tish Ambrose and uh, Jeremy. He does a good job here. I can never fault his acting chops. He had them at one point, even though he's like a he's a disgusting man mountain now. But <laughs> uh, you know, at one point he had his charms. Uh, and the supporting cast of it seems like dozens of people. Yeah, very very good. Um, I would say. Story-wise, this one's a lot of fun. It's a good little uh, comedy uh, caper about a woman making her way in the world. It gives Americans what they want. You get to see Wall Street execs feel a little pain. Uh, it's got a good little story with a nice twist to it at the end. I like that. That was a, that was fun for me. Seeing uh, old Lou Perini come out on top. Yeah. Um, this one's a lot of just a lot of fun. Uh, very well shot, very well edited. I think uh, I have a soft spot for Larry Ravine, which is pretty obvious by now. But uh, so I might jade my review a little bit for good reason. Yeah, 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 definitely. So I didn't really find much fault with this movie. I enjoyed. The sex in it a lot. I thought it was kind of fun to have like some of the Wall Street execs and everything be like guys that came like really fast for the most part. <laughs> yeah, just get, like real excited and worked up. I thought that was like a nice kind of like realistic touch to this sort of thing. Right. Um. So they're all played for dope. So there's like good characterization for most of the most of the uh, actors, even if it doesn't go very deep. Everyone's like, uh, you can like recognize them as like a person or at least like a certain, uh, like movie archetype or trope in a certain way. So yeah, overall, I would give this one, let me give it a five. Actually. I really had a great time watching it. Uh, very fun film. There are no whips. That's, uh, you know, that's okay. There's a metaphorical whipping. And uh, we love her for it. Five stars. Wow. All right. I uh, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It does, as you said, have a pretty great cast of characters, uh, you know, of the people available at this time. You know, if you're going to put together an ensemble cast. It's it's not quite Dracula sucks level of cast, but it's really solid and has some great uh you know top stars as well as some less uh yeah. known names that are doing a good job. Yeah, I think as far if you like do like the California New York split, this one's definitely more uh probably New York heavy, except for maybe Ron Jeremy, but I think he kind of wandered back and forth. Right. Grabbing asses, grabbing asses as he went. <laughs> Doing as he pleased. Pretty much. 
but uh yeah i'd say definitely not on the level of like a dracula sucks but quite a lot of uh good people involved yeah a lot of show favorites absolutely it was a solid cast uh i like the direction that the story takes um the whole let's fight wall street thing is always fun the uh little guy taking over although you know at the same time she's the one doing the most deceptive things in the film um but you know when you're fighting against the man yeah it's all in the service of fighting the man and that's fine you know exactly so that's that's a lot of fun. I think that the sex was good in this. None of the sex scenes were overly long, and it's well shot, of course, coming from Larry Ravine. I think most of the soundtrack is fairly forgettable. There was that song yeah. during the boat scene that stood out. Right. But uh, most of it was just all right. Like, nothing was yeah. offensive, but nothing no. was, like, amazing. Yeah, it seemed to, I think, have that kind of library uh, soundtrack sort of score that uh, Metzger would use, but I don't know necessarily that he spent as much time picking out into, you know, picking out individual tracks or whatever. But right. uh, yeah, the, the music was fine. It didn't, it definitely didn't hamper it. It wasn't a level of like uh, just, uh, just like endless music that just kind of, tears at your brain after about 80 minutes right and that's another thing the length is good too it's about 80 minutes so it kind of it gets in it has the sex it has the story and it wraps it all up pretty quickly and with about for me at least about as much ability as most of these uh films ever get so i think that's about why i gave it a five because it, it just hits a lot of those uh, my favorite shits. Right. Sorry to interrupt uh, your review. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's good, uh, good material. So I, I really enjoyed this film as well. I don't know that I give it five stars though. I think that I, I was lacking a certain level of enthusiasm for the whole thing. Like it's well made. It's good. I like the direction that it took. Um, I think it is, Kind of a bummer that at the end, uh, Wanda's plans were foiled by Lou, who really doesn't have a ton of character development. There's not really much of a play for the audience yeah. to really empathize with him or, like, you know, back him as a character. You know, she's bad and he's supposed to be good, but he's actually bad. Maybe that was the the con man they were talking about on that TV interview you couldn't quite make out. Maybe, maybe. You know, very subtle. Uh, very, uh, the, the subtle art of uh, conning a man. The subtle art of not putting anything in the story. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a fun time. If you're going to watch a sex film of the era, I mean, you know, this isn't, to me at least, like the standout single one that you should go after, but... If this is yeah. in a list of movies that you're looking at, I mean, this one's worth definitely checking out. It's a good movie. I would give it four stars myself. All right. Yeah, I think this one would fit in well um, with other stuff of the era, like uh, 
watch this one and scoundrels and maybe like corruption as like a trio you'd get like a pretty good feel of like the best stuff from the early to mid 80s yeah it's a uh, quite a pretty solid lineup uh this one of course predates those but only by a little bit it looks like yeah 82 so not too yeah, long before yeah. those but uh so yeah that's the raincoat report for this week uh jeremy uh have you beaten the virus yet while we were talking no my mom's beating on that door <laughs> no the cia and the buyer and my mom are trying to kill me well that's a bummer yeah <laughs> all right well uh as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, raincoatreport at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Um, our Patreon is coming soon. We will have more details probably on the next episode to let you know yeah. when, where, and why, and how. Patreon.com. Yes, the where is Patreon.com. The why is, uh, we need, we need money. We need <laughs> money. No, we have, uh, we have some plans for that money if it comes our way. Uh, and you'll benefit greatly from them. Yeah, we're going to reinvest. We're going to reinvest into the, com into the pervert community. <laughs> it's been neglected by the government for too long. It certainly has, and with everything that the government's done to you, it's time for us to stand up. They build public jack-off stations for harm reduction. What a wonderful idea. You go in there, and you go in there, and you jerk off, and then, you know, you come out feeling better. <laughs> it's all just at the center of the public, it's at the center of the public square. What a beautiful future. We're building community here on the Raincoat Report. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, if you're at home and uh, quarantining because the CIA gave you a virus, uh, don't forget your raincoat. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're going to need it because you're going to have the shivers. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!